House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. Welcome back into the House of Mystery. I'm Al Warren. Mr. Dave Martino. Yes. Present. Here. <laughs> you keep saying presents and I never get present. any. <laughs> never Where's, the gifts? <laughs> Where's the gifts? I guess, yeah. I, they, they won't ship them to Canada. Oh, please. <laughs> they keep getting turned away at the border. Well, because you can't ship, like, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I know. Disgusting. A bad human. <laughs> bad human being. Bad, bad, bad. You know, sending me Robbie Knievel's uh, foot or something. <laughs> it's just, it's, I don't know. It's just her. Sorry, your idol is gone. <laughs> Do you know how many times I almost killed myself on my on my bike? Yeah, you know, with uh, evil between evil and Robbie doing yeah. the jumps and stuff. Yeah, it makes me wish there was another kid. <laughs> Maybe third time would have been the charm. It, it would have been, been the lucky. charm, right? Yeah, would have had it done. You know, it would have been it. You know, crazy, crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Everyone's dying in the beginning of this this year here. I know, know. it's been pretty crazy. And Jeremy Renner, I couldn't believe that he got he ran over with his snowplow thing, oh. cut himself all up. Because that guy yeah. was like in tremendous shape, and he was doing oh. all that stuff. And and uh, wow, um, it's not good. Yeah, it's, not it's good. horrible. Now I can outrun him. I can actually beat him in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a sad thing, <laughs> you know. But I can take down Renner, you because know? he was that. Um, what was he? he was that uh, one Hawkeye. guy? Yeah. Who? Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Is that? Yeah. I, I, well, he right. played uh, the guy that. Uh, what about the other one? I, that we had the guys write that write that story on. Um. So yeah. So oh, Born. He he did yeah. a Born. He did a Born movie. I like that Born movie. Yeah, he actually. did Jason Born, yeah. and and he yeah. you know. That's you yeah. Know. I so now, the character's name, but yeah. Yeah. Now I'm going to do it. You, you're gonna, you're, well, are you going to be I'm, Jason Bourne now? I'm going to have to replace him, you know. Yes. You know, Matt, you know, <laughs> Matt Damon, in the new Mission he's too Impossible. old. Yeah, I have to take over for all these old guys. <laughs> you know, they're they're done. Okay, it's over. <laughs> now, now, you, you, Discord, do you know what that is? Do I know what that is? Yeah, and I'm not talking about your well, life. <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah, basically, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I was on there, and some some guy tried to pick me up. Really? And and I guess he's a friend of yours. So, <laughs> so, so I had to invite him on the show. So um, now he's a writer, publisher, uh, dancer. He's he's got quite the all around uh, resume here. So we're pleased to have him. So let's uh, let's welcome <laughs> Stephen Booth. Thank you for coming on the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, the, the rumors of me being a dancer are actually overrated. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm actually got two left feet, so I wouldn't I wouldn't take that too seriously. Well, I, I you know I didn't say good dancer. <laughs> <laughs> just like I'm going to be the next Jason Bourne, it doesn't mean I'm going to be a good one. It just it just means I'm I'm doing it. You know. Um, oh, I couldn't imagine doing a Jason Bourne. God, you can hardly stay awake, <laughs> awake in the day. Um, so listen. Um, Let's let's talk about you, Stephen. So what okay. what where did you come from and and why are you doing this? <laughs> why am I doing this? Wow. Like how did you Is fall into it? Against me or uh No, no, actually I I always wonder I I, I do this to everyone. I I always wonder how you got into the job of, of publishing and writing and all this stuff like this. Um, is it something you've always dreamed about, something you were doing since well, you were a kid, or is it something that just you fell into? Like, where, where did it all start? It, it, it's sort of a combination of um, I was destined for it and I fell into it. Um, my, my, uh, my mom's a librarian. She always wanted to be a writer. Um, she actually wound up writing a book uh, a while ago and, right when I was starting my publishing career, and she didn't send it off to me. She sent it off to a vanity press, and it was really a bad situation, and, and uh, she never wrote anything again. But I had been writing for about 10 years at that point. I got involved in writing. Um, Dave, you may know Harry Shannon from Horror. Absolutely, yes. Okay, yeah. Harry was uh, – he's a counselor kind of guy. I mean, he's, he's got one of those certificates, and he's a counselor. 
And he was my wife's counselor since she was 19 years old. And, and so he and I became friends through various things. And um, one day I was having a conversation with him and I said, I'm not a creative person and uh, I don't know why I'm bothering to try and be creative and whatever. And this is the cursing story, by the way, so I'll cut it out. Uh, but he said, <laughs> bull, word, uh, you know, go write a novel. And I said, I don't know how to write a novel. What are you talking about? He says, that's great. Tell me all about it when the novel's done. So I wrote a novel, and then I wrote another one, and I wrote another one. Uh, none of these got published, thankfully, um, the, to the benefit of the universe. Um, and then um, round about 2010, January 2010, I had to uh, stay home to take care of a, a sick family member. And I was a school teacher at the time. And you can't do both. You can't stay home and be a school teacher, at least not in 2010. And so I had to get a, um, a, a, a sort of a side hustle in order to be able to, you know, stay home and so on. And so that's Harry, when you started dancing. That's when I started dancing, exactly. <laughs> uh, and so Harry says to me, he uh, says, "You're technical. Make me an ebook." He's an author. He's a big time horror author. And he's, you know, make me an ebook. And I said, "Okay, I'll make you an ebook. I can figure that out." And then he goes, well, here's a, here's a best-selling author friend of mine who also needs an ebook, and go make him one. And, and I had been doing um, print design uh, for about 20 years at that point. And uh, or 10, 20 years, yeah, that's about right. And uh, so he's like, well, it's time for me to have a paperback. Go make me a paperback. And I said, okay. And so I built this business doing book design for all these author friends of Harry's and anybody else who would come along. And then at about the same time, Harry and I wrote a, uh, a short story called Jailbreak. I think you can still find it out there on Amazon for free, as a matter of fact. I, I didn't even know they did free anymore, but apparently it's out there. And um, it was a short, tenth, you know, 5,000-word zombie apocalypse, first day of the zombie apocalypse story. And it did really well. I mean, like 150 to 200,000 downloads kind of well. And so we said, what happens next? And so we wrote a novel called The Hungry. And I, we, we were thinking about shopping it around, and I, and I had all these skills in book design. And I said, what's the difference between what I do and a publisher other than investing my money, right? So we said, let's make a, bit, make a publishing company and, and publish this book. And if it screw, we screw it up, at least we're screwing up our book. And so um, we published it, and it sold a lot of copies. And... We wrote book two, and it sold a lot of copies, and repeat that up to six. And then we wrote a prequel and a thriller, and I and I wrote two novels on my own, and uh, you know, uh, one of which I just published a, a couple of months back, uh, continuity. And so I had a publishing company, and I decided to publish other people, and now I have like forty authors and sixty or seventy titles, and you know, true crime and horror and you know, music, history, and all sorts of wonderful things. So just that's, I mean, that's the short version. Uh, the, the long version I I involves the dancing, and I really don't want to get into that. So. <laughs> no, because that didn't turn out too well. No, it didn't turn out too well at all. You know. so. Well, you know, it's always, it's always you should be proud of trying things, even if they mm -hmm. don't work out. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the, the publishing seemed to have done a pretty good, uh, pretty good thing. The dancing, not so much. So. No. Well, you could write a book about it. That's probably uh, true. Memoir. Uh, hey, listen. So when you um, are doing the publishing, like it's sort of kind of built into this. Um, did I'd imagine at the beginning you didn't have a goal of going to be. I'm going to be this publisher, and I'm going to have all these authors and all these titles and stuff. You were probably you were building into it, so to speak. So now that you are doing it, what's what's your goal as a publisher? Wow, really? Um, there's two things. First of all, I want to make money, which is always nice. Um, but uh, really, we have we have a couple of genres that we're working in. The true crime genre, for example, we you know our our we're tr we're trying to be a little different in in terms of what we publish as far as you know we want to honor the victims and 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 celebrate the heroes we are not the glorified ted bundy kind of a of a uh publisher and so i guess what we're trying to do that you know in regards to your question is just really publish a lot of good content that people want to read about that isn't you know like i said glorifying 
all these horrible people and their horrible acts. But um, in terms of the music and, and stuff, we have we, we, we publish books on music history, like Mysteries of the Music or, you know, A Pig's Tale about the bootleg record industry and stuff like that. And we're just trying to um, uh, really do a deep dive into uh, music history. Uh, you know, the, the, at this point, um, we're, we have a couple of books that mix and match the true crime and the mystery and the music genres. We have one on the, the death of Elliot Smith. I don't know if you guys know who Elliot Smith is, but uh, we have that book. It's called A Question Mark, and we have Mysteries of the Music, which is like who shot Bob Marley and, you know, who really discovered Elvis. And did, did the Traveling Wilburys really start out with the Rolling Stones and the Beatles and stuff like that. So, um, so some really interesting uh, projects uh, like that. But at the end of the day, I'm really, you know, I, I, I want to be a publisher full time as opposed to doing my side gig, which is right now doing the book design for other people. I love that work, but publishing is really where my heart is. And if I can, you know, every day I work harder to, uh, to make that, uh, you know, my primary, my primary activity. So well, it's an interesting field. Um, so now you yourself, how, what kind of writer do you consider yourself? Growing. <laughs> as, as far as um, I split, you know, doing the writing thing into two two parts, uh, which is writing and, and storytelling. I, I consider myself a very good writer. Uh, if I know what it is that I'm trying to say, I can say it pretty well. But I'm still learning the storytelling aspects of the process. Harry was really good. Here, Harry, I, I could throw an idea at Harry, and he could d design a novel from beginning to end in like two minutes. And that's a, that's a skill that I just don't have, and I have a couple other friends who can do that sort of thing. And it, I've learned that it's not necessary to be able to do that. And, um, you know, I, I'm a kind of a follow-your-nose pantser, whatever, you know, you want to call that term. Um, but uh, for the most part, I'm I'm just I'm learning and growing, uh, trying new things. Um, my latest novel is a, is a time travel mystery. All of my friends, all my writing friends said, Whatever you do, don't write a time travel mystery, okay? And so I, I did. And, uh, you know, I think it came out pretty good. It, it, this particular one is my soul baby. It's, you know, um, that's the book that I really needed to write. Uh, the rest of them are, are enjoyable and, and, and interesting and fun, but that was, that was the book that was meant to come out of my head and onto paper. So. Well, I'm wondering, um, how was it collaborating with Harry Shannon? It sounds like you're, you're two different types of writers. You're more of a pantser, he's more of a plotter. And mm -hmm. I might be wrong, just, just, just from hearing you talk about that. Uh, how did that all work? And, and how did you, uh, like divvy up the work between yourselves? Well, um, first of all, if, in the unlikely event that I say anything negative about Harry, I love Harry to death. Uh, <laughs> so let's just let's just establish that, especially if he's listening. So I love you, Harry. Um, <laughs> it, 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 the first book was um, a lot of fun because I was learning the process. I had never written you know a, 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 anything that was close to publishable at that point. And um, he, Harry prefers to do the second draft, so he. And I got along really, really well because I didn't mind doing the first draft, just knocking it out. I, you know, he gives me a we, – we, we work together on a, on a synopsis that has, you know, chapter points. Go, chapter starts here, ends here. Chapter next starts there and ends here. And knock that out. And then he does the, 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 the polish edit, and that seemed to work very well. Um, on the second book, I had more experience. I, I had, you know, published a successful novel and, and – so, but he still considered me very new at it, um, and so uh, that was the, the the case in the the third book and the fourth book. By the by, the time we wrote five, but we've written is it six or no, it's eight eight books together. By the time we got to the fourth book and in, uh, in the process, we were we had a a flow going on, but uh, at the same time we you know we had to learn how to um, uh, not step on each other on each other's toes. Um, sometimes I would leave him notes, please don't cut this joke or rewrite it. I like the joke the way it is. And uh, for the most part, he didn't. But uh, he, he and I had, um, you know, different uh, mannerisms. We, 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 we used to say it, it privately, and Harry, you didn't hear this, uh, we, he, there would be Harryisms. Harryisms would be like a, a long string of cursing 
that just comes out of uh, – I mean, it comes naturally out of the story, but it's, it's like um, – I mean, I can't even give you an example. It's, it's very elaborate, like 10 curses in a row. And uh, that would, or he would talk about birds. Um, I, I still tease him about the birds. The birds would be flying over, and you know, it would be uh, be some ominous um, symbolism there. And I never really figured out what the symbolism of the, of the birds was, so I left it in. And uh, actually, in, in a novel that I'm thinking about publishing right now, that I just wrote, um, the, that that's uh, the novel is um, uh, some geriatric demon hunters get caught up in the in the war between the gods for the control of the multiverse. That's the pitch for the book. Uh, and I, every once in a while, I have a character who's modeled after Harry, and, and he'll go, look, crows! And my characters will go, yes, that's true. <laughs> Didn't they teach you anything? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So, um, uh, But Harry and I, you know, found a groove, and we managed to get, you know, um, like I said, seven zombie novels, a vampire novel, and a thriller uh, knocked out. And uh, I'm really kind of um, disappointed that we're not working on new projects, but there's diminishing returns on, on series, and we tried a couple of stand standalones, and they never took off, and there's really no point in spending a 1,000 hours to write a book that no one's going to read. So right. Harry and I are not collaborating at the moment, but maybe we will at some point. But it was like a dance. Yeah. <laughs> it was exactly that's like that. That's the dancing to which we've been referring, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. And just dancing alone now. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Uh, writing, it, 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 you know, is a very introverted business, as I'm sure you all know, and and uh, it does feel like I'm dancing with myself as as Billy Idol once uh, crooned. And uh, is he a crooner? I don't think he's a crooner. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's um, I, I'm I'm working on um, what am I working on right now? I'm working on a PI novel. Uh, I told you my mom's a librarian, so this is a librarian with a gun PI novel. Uh, literally, the the uh, main character has a MLIS. So, your characters. So, where where do you come up with them, and how do you experience them? That's always kind of a good overall discussion. Like, um, are you intimate with your characters? Do you see them, hear them, talk to them, and all that, or do you have a different sort of way of creating and working with your characters? When I was in in college at UC Santa Cruz, uh, I did a lot of role-playing games, not Dungeons and Dragons with the maps and stuff like that, but actual storytelling, interactive storytelling. So you wear and a so dress. I learned, uh, I did not wear a dress, although <laughs> I will, I will say that one time I offered to, if my friend got married, I would show up in a miniskirt and she did get married and I did not show up in a miniskirt. To this day, she's angry at me for that. Um, <laughs> she was one of my, my role-playing game friends. Anyways, um, I learned how to channel characters. I just sit back and watch them go. I mean, they 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 would have their own dialogue and their own, um, you know, storylines and stuff like that. And I would just be sitting there and eating M and M's and drinking, you know, Mountain Dew and whatever it is that we were doing at that time, and uh, letting the character have us have his way with the uh, with the story. And it was really kind of cathartic to be able to just let go of myself and let this other character channel through me, and um, I think it kind of gave me some bad habits, actually, because that's how I write now, is I just, you know, I, I, I come up with a couple of characters and, and, you know, not like with those character sheets. I never liked those. I never liked those at all. Uh, but I would just conceive of a character and then just let them run. Um, and I watch them, you know, I watch the story unfold as, as the reader does. And I try and direct it in a particular, you know, uh, to, to, to a particular point in each chapter so that it's um, you know interesting and, and and readable, but for the most part, I'm just like, wow, this is fun. I'm, let's see what happens next. This is great. Um, you know, with my uh, librarian with a gun story, I, I built in a lot of backstory that I haven't discussed, you know, with the, with the reader uh, for this particular character, and um, I'm I'm not certain all the details. Uh, I, I'm sure I will discover them as they as they appear in the story, but. Um, you know, he has some sort of dark past, and I, I, I didn't realize that when I started writing it. I thought it was just a guy going in for a job interview, and, and uh, now there's all these uh, possibilities, you know. Has, have any of these characters ever, like, really gone off the rails and really just taken the story in such a direction that it made it hard to uh, get back on track? Yeah, but 
I mean, that was, that was back in the day when I was um, working with Harry on a regular basis. I was writing a couple of, I, I have, I have this one novel that my very first novel, I've actually rewritten it four times. And in a couple of cases, the characters have just really gone sideways on me. And I would discuss the, the situation with Harry and he'd say, you know, protect your characters, always have them be on the side of right, never have them do anything that would be reprehensible or um, otherwise, um, you know, lose the, the uh, reader's support for them and never kill them. Uh, those are the those were basically the rules that he gave me for my own writing. And I try and do that every time I, I sit down is I, I try and keep them on the, the side of right. Even if, they, even if they've done things in the past, they're making up for them now. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, but yes, my characters often do things that I was not expecting, um, you know, and uh, as a matter of fact, with the Geriatric Demon Hunter book, I'm still trying to figure out the ending because the ending that I had um, was... It really made sense in the book, but it didn't. Um, it, it it would not have satisfied any of the readers, and it didn't satisfy me. So I pulled it, and I'm still trying to find the ending. A little more Harry Potter than than uh, you know, what's that Inside Out or whatever. Do you um, carry your characters then, like when you're driving and they start talking to you, or um, yeah, should you be driving? And and <laughs> are you waking up in the middle of the night with? bloody shoes or something? Uh, I I like to say that I channel the characters. I, I have not uh, gone so far as to um, lose, you know, it's not just uh, dissociative identity disorder, if that's what you're asking. Um, you know, certainly I know the difference between their voice and mine, um, but, uh, and, and none of them are homicidal to the best of my knowledge, and at least not to anything that's living. I, I did write seven zombie novels, or six of them actually, in, in a vampire novel in the same series. And, uh, they did a lot of killing, but it was, it was to the zombies, and they were, that's okay. Um, you know, I, although I've never understood why in the zombie apocalypse, you know, people don't go around, you know, shooting the people who wronged them, whether they were, whether they were zombies or not. That was a, that was always a question I I wanted to ask, but um, I think that's the first time I've done it publicly. Anyways, uh, no, I don't wind up with bloody shoes, um, but I do hear the characters, uh, you know, in my head. I see them. I understand, you know, to a certain degree where they're going with with what they have to say. Um, it's often the, the the supporting characters that I don't have as much of a handle on, so I'm not, and they're the ones who guide the story. You know, it's like it's like my my main character is the the role playing character. And everybody else is a as a as a function of the the uh, the, the game master in my mind, you know, uh, guiding the story and, and pushing the character in different ways. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's it's actually kind of fun exploring a story uh, as the as the character sees it. You know, well, you can hear your characters. Can, can you can you, do you hear the prose too as you're writing it? I'm going to say yes, but only insofar as I don't have a problem. I mean, writing has never been something that I've had trouble with. I mean, I, when I was in elementary school, they, 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 they and I, I'm, guess, I'm guessing that you guys and I are the same age because you were bringing up Evil Knievel, and I had those <laughs> toys. Okay, I did. Me too. Um, but, um, uh, you know, when I was in grade school, um, they would teach you, you know, write the first draft, edit the draft, you know, write the second draft, you know, do a final polish and turn it in. I would write one draft, check it for pr uh, proofreading and turn it in. And it would be done. I mean, it would be, it would be uh, you know, uh, uh, what I was trying to say. So I've never really had trouble expressing myself in words. Um, and, it, it, you know, it, 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 so being in this business, I've done a lot of editing and I've got terrible proofreader. Please don't ask me to proofread. That's my wife's job. Um, but I'm, I'm actually quite a good editor. I, I'm... I'm good at, you know, writing whatever it is that I'm trying to write, but try, again, trying to find the story in the, in the, in the words is a, as a, is a different, um, experience. Right now I'm, I'm helping an author with, um, it's sort of a deep developmental edit. It's what I call a brutal edit. It's a Western. Okay. And his idea of a Western is to give every detail that you can ever think about about of a Smith and Wesson for like a page. <laughs> and I write action adventure. I want the story to move. So I'm like, no, no, we have to cut all this. But 
Western readers want to hear about what, how much marshals get paid for the mile. And, and I'm like, that's lovely. Let's put it in dialogue and have it be organic. Let's move forward. Come on. So we're, we're in the process of um, uh, creating that story. Sort of, he's written it, and I'm sort of massaging it into something that, we, that, that, that could possibly be published. And this is, I haven't agreed to publish it yet. Um, I'm waiting for him to, uh, uh, to, to, to learn the, the writing process a little bit more directly, but uh, it's the same kind of thing. Do you ever put a subtext or do you have kind of an idea that you want people to, to get out of the stories that you write? Like a theme? Yeah, is there some sort of, yeah, some sort of meaning. Like if someone picks up continuity and they take it home and they read it, of course there's the, uh, you know, the entertainment value of the story and all the different wild things you do. But is there some sort of, is there a meaning behind it as well? Theme is something that I've struggled with basically since third grade. I, know, I didn't understand it in third grade. I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, yes, in my stories, there's, um, Harry called it a controlling concept, okay? When we were writing the zombie novels, the, the Penny Miller, Penny Miller's the main character of the zombie novels, and her, her thing was duty, okay? So everything that, that went on from her character's point of view was about her duty to her friends. And with continuity, uh, it's a little bit different because really I was exploring the, um, the family that of time travelers rather than time travel itself. I do, I mean, obviously I, I go into the time travel aspects of it and the technology of it to a certain extent and, and how it all works and how it came to be. Um, but it's really about, uh, Carlos is my main character. It's really about Carlos interacting with this extremely dysfunctional family who basically has no limits and no, and no rules. And, um, it's about him becoming going from basically being a, a dysfunctional child to a functional adult in the space of about 45 hours. Um, and, it, you know, so I, I, is there a theme there? I don't know. I mean, maybe I should leave that to the, uh, to the book critics or something like that. But uh, for me, it's, it's really about, him, uh, you know, him growing up uh, or, or taking, taking the, his, his grown-upness by the reins, if if that's even did any has anybody ever said that before? Taking their grown up nest by the by the reins. <laughs> uh, any at any rate, that's um, that's that's what I was trying for. Yeah, you can see I struggle with themes. So there you go. Well, you know, you're talking about continuity. Um, how do you organize your work? How do you remember all the stuff as you're as you're either working through a novel or a series? Do you have a series bible? Do you use certain tools? How does that work for you? Um. A lot of it's in my head. Um, to be honest with you, I, I, you know, I, 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 I used to think that there was an entire story in my mind, and I could only see little snippets of it, and um, it, there was something defective about my ability to tell stories based on that fact that I could only see snippets of it. No, there's really only the snippets. But I do have, like, the entire technology of time travel sitting in a, a, a drawer in my head, if you will. And I can dip into that whenever I need to so that it's, it stays consistent. Um, uh, you know, as far as organization, it's not like, I mean, I tried using Scrivener. I'm really a linear writer. I love Word. I mean, I, I know that's, that's heresy in, in the writing world <laughs> at this point, but I, I've actually, um, I, I don't consider myself an expert in many things, but I do consider myself an expert in document formatting, and, and Word is my favorite program for that. And I know that, that a lot of people will get angry over that, but it's true. And so I, I just write linearly, um, but uh, I, I do have um, certain things that I'm trying to say, whether that, whether that's theme or not remains to be seen. Um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, trying to get, you know, I mean, in continuity, for example, I, uh, you know, it, because it was about the family, I, I worked really hard to get the family all in one place. Um, so that I could, you know, everybody could see the, the dynamics or really it, it's a, um, it has a lot to do with, um, Carlos and his sister. So I uh, getting the Carlos and his sister together were really important. But once I was able to do that, I was able to just channel again. Um, you know, it, it took a little bit of doing to get him in the right place at the right time. And, um, some people may not agree with the way I got, got there. Um, I've actually had people push back. Why did he go to, why did he go to New York instead of Toronto? I mean, that's a literal conversation in the book. And um, it's because 
I needed him to be in New York. You know, I mean, that's, isn't that obvious? You need to go to New York. And so I hope I, uh, you know, people reading it are going to go, okay, I got to look for that now. But for the most part, I was, uh, I think I did a pretty good job of making it organic that he needed to be here at this time to meet this person so that this part of the story could happen. You know, that's really all I can tell you on that. That's very interesting. Uh, well, we're talking about time travel. I'm wondering how, how important is it for you to uh, get the science right? Uh, do you take a lot of liberties uh, in, in a time travel story? Are you going with uh, what is like modern, modernly accepted by science? According to my editor, publisher friends, uh, of which I have several who have read this, I, I, I think I broke a lot of the, the tropes. I mean, this isn't Looper. This isn't 13 Monkeys. It's, uh, you know, I, I came up with my own concept of why time travel was even possible. Um, and, uh, you know, this isn't hard science fiction. The, 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 you know, there's a, there's a device called the Great Clock, and that's where the time travel comes from. But I, I do justify its existence in sort of a light, you know, tangential, it comes up every once in a while kind of a ma manner. Uh, the devices that allow um, for time travel, personal time travel, are, um, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I mention what they look like. I mention how they operate a little bit. Um, but I do have a very strong idea of what's going on in the background in my head so that everything is consistent. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm already giving away way, way, way too much about this story um, so I won't go into how I get to where, you know, the, the, the technology of the time travel. But, no, this is not, um, you know, and these are not time cops, okay? The, the, that's the number one thing uh, about this family is they don't really care what happens to the rest of the world when, when they change the, the, um, the past as long as it doesn't affect them. And there are rules. Uh, I put the laws of time travel, and that, that dictates how the family, uh, the time travel family, uh, can can manage to uh, uh, not erase themselves. As a matter of fact, the whole premise of the book is what happens if those rules get violated. That's what continuity refers to. It's one of the rules. Yeah, very interesting. No prime directive, it seems like. No, although <laughs> I, I will say that um, it, it, if they had been a little bit more cognizant of what was going on in the world around them, they wouldn't have gotten in themselves into this mess in the first place. But that's all I'm willing to say on this subject. So. <laughs> well, where where do these uh, where do your characters come from? Um, and, and tell us a little bit about uh, your main characters in this book. Okay, um, where do they come from? I, I this do you, one do you get them from people that you meet and. Um, well, the the number one con uh, controlling concept, if I can use that term again, for creating characters is they're not me. I am not just putting myself in the story. Uh, I can relate to them, and at, you know, at a very deep level, uh, you know, they, they're coming from me. But I'm not just writing myself into novels. Uh, I try to uh, have them be, uh, you know, different backgrounds, different um, speech patterns, um, different, uh, you know, educational, you know. Um, resources and so on. The, actually, the biggest challenge that I face is um, I, ha I have I have two master's degrees, okay? Good for me. Um, and uh, uh, I try not to write really intelligent characters who sound like they have two master's degrees. And that's actually a big, big challenge for me because um, I, it's easy for me to just drop into my language set. And, uh, you know, but it, it, like, for example, um, Carlos in, in, um, in Continuity is um, is uh, you know I, I, I understand him, um, but he's you know uh, his family is like I said very dysfunctional. His, his his father is is for lack of a better way of phrasing it a psychopath uh, and treats him that way. And I mean not a violent psychopath, but you know uh, there are other types of abuse. By the way, uh, this is a side note. I worked with Al Carlisle, who was the um, psychologist at Draper Strait Prison in Utah when Ted Bundy came into the 90-day diagnostic unit and Al's job was to figure out if um, he was violent or not when before anybody knew who he was. Spoiler alert, he was. Um, but uh, So I got, a, I got a lot of inside ideas about how sociopaths and psychopaths work. So anyways, 
Now we go back to my character. So the dad is a psychopath, and how do you how do you um, try to live up to the rules and expectations of a psychopath when you're not that kind of a person? And you know, um, a, a lot of it has to do with um, you know macho culture and things like that. Those are all backstory to this, um, but uh, you know, really the the, the you know, Carlos's character is trying to fit into somebody else's model, his father's model of what a man is, and he's doing a terrible job of it. And really, the whole premise of the story from the very first word is him trying to get out of that, trying to trying to get out of his. Uh, you know, if you read the the back cover sales copy, it's like I don't want to be I don't want to be involved with this family anymore. How do I get out of it? And the whole story um, extends from him not wanting to be like his father and doing a bad job of it. So, you know, uh, and as, as far as the, um, you know, like, for example, my, this new novel that I'm writing, um, which is called Shy Boy, this is the, the librarian with a gun. Um, my main character is, you know, he's, um, how do I say it? He's, uh, he's trying to find his way in the world but he has a very good sense of who he is and, um, you know, what, what he's trying to accomplish. Um, but he, he's, he's sort of dividing his attention between him wanting to just be a librarian and work in, a, in, in reference and, and answer questions about, you know, where to find a purple book and have some adventure in his life. And so he's just making a different decision at that point moving forward. Um, you know, so I guess... Uh, at the end of the day, the characters, the, you know, the, um, where, the, where do the characters come from? They, they, I, I take a little slice of myself and build a character around them and then let them play, but I try very hard not to let them be me. You know, the, there's, there's one part of me that they're, they're off playing with, but not, not the entire, not the entire set, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's, it's, funny it reminded me that i had a um i i had an editor once uh write back to me in an early story and said that i was using my own uh vocabulary <laughs> that was that was that was higher than the uh or, or greater than than the uh than the character so it was pretty mm -hmm. funny <laughs> that's really hard it's really hard and 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 uh you know uh, I work with, in my book design business, I ha I'm working with a, um, a, um, this uh, nonprofit that does um, uh, addiction recovery, and their number one controlling concept, where we go again, is it has to be at a fourth grade level or below to, to really communicate. And they uh, this one book that we worked on called Successful Life Skills, uh, you know, really hit that but when you talk to the professors and the, you know, the psychologists instead of the people who are um, actually having the problems, then, you know, the, you, you, you don't communicate with them. So actually being able to use a vocabulary that isn't as sophisticated as the one that I use on a regular basis is, is a really challenging thing that I spend a lot of effort working on. And I don't always succeed, but uh, I, I do understand your editor's, you know, point that, that if you're if you're using your own vocabulary, basically you're just, you know, you, you, how do you differentiate between this character and that character when they have the same vocabulary? You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's 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 difficult when it when it comes to stuff like that. And you know, it, it's just one of those things that you know. Luckily, we have uh, that ability to go back and do a lot of editing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. No. That. This is not performance art, thankfully. I, I, I've never understood how somebody, I mean, I'm doing a book right now on Thelonious Monk. I'm not making that up. And he, for 40 years, he played the same songs over and over and over and over again. Okay? And I would go out of my mind if I had to do that. I have no idea how somebody can possibly, I mean, I know that there are performers who are amazing. Dave Grohl plays, you know, has been doing his music for 30 years. Uh, I was just watching on something on Dave Grohl. And uh, he's amazing at it every single time, and it's just like, you know, uh, at this point, I would, I would, uh, I, I like the variety. So I'm glad that this is not performance art that I can go back and edit, and then once I, it's done, then it's done, and I don't have to think about it anymore. You know, you take people you know and kill them off. <laughs> horribly, horribly. Uh, 
and 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 often, um, you know, um, childhood schoolmates and you know ex girlfriends and uh, you know, I I I try not I I try to do my best not to name them the same as the original person, but yeah, I, I've been known to uh, um, you know, go sideways. I mean, especially in the zombie novels. Uh, I'll, I'll, I, I, I recall writing in a couple of, um, friends who really, you know, I mean, what's that line from, from, uh, Lilo and Stitch where she's putting the, the forks in the pickle jar and shaking them up and they've got little faces on them and she says, my friends need to be punished. I love that movie. Uh, that's, it's the same kind of thing, but, um, yeah, in, in the zombie novels, it gave me a lot of opportunity to take out a lot of, um, um, uh, tension on uh on on some uh, you know uh, on my characters uh even if they're just you know show up get killed done um although one of the fun things about doing the zombie novels i have to admit was describing the zombies um I, just as a side note we would always have a soccer mom and we'd have you know a, a football player and uh you know a priest and and just anybody we we, we had um, zombie girl scouts i, I don't want to give away too much but we did have zombie Girl Scouts, and that was probably one of the most fun scenes that we did. Um, you know, so just being able to come up with uh, concepts for, you know, how to describe them so that they're not obviously somebody that we knew when we were kids or whatever. But, um, yeah, no, so we definitely kill off a character. So let's, let's talk about um, your contact information and that. So now if someone is interested in, in sending you a manuscript or if you I don't know if you're looking for people or not or type of things. Let's talk about your publishing and the publishing contact. We are Genius Book Publishing, geniusbookpublishing.com. If you go to geniusbookpublishing.com, you will see submissions as one of the you know the the navigation items. Uh, and you can also go to geniustruecrime.com or geniusmusicbooks.com. It's all the same. So go to submissions. Um, you're going to wind up talking to my wife, Leah. She's our submissions editor and our editor-in-chief, and she loves reading all the submissions. It's, she won't – I mean, she gets violent about, you know, you're, dear, you're overloaded. Can I read one of the submissions? No. Um, so um, she wants to read all that stuff. We are looking for, uh, I believe, and please check the website, I believe we're still looking for true crime. Occasionally we'll entertain a music book. Um, but those are more involved and, um, you know, fiction, I love fiction. We're publishing fiction a couple times a year, but it's really a hard sell because it's like, you know, how do you describe a book about dragons in a way that it shows up in the search engines and doesn't get swamped by every other book about dragons or zombies or anything like that. So if you have a true crime book, geniusbookpublishing.com slash submissions, You'll find it. If you want to find me, um, the, the, go scroll down to the bottom. There's our mailing address. It's got my phone number. Yes, that's really my phone number. It will really ring to my phone. Uh, and I will really pick up if it's business hours. Um, and, uh, we are interested in hearing from people. Um, and also plug for my book design business. If you are interested in being an entrepreneur and doing your own book and being the publisher, uh, I'm happy to, apply all my lovely skills on book design to your book and make it as beautiful as any commercial book out there. And, and then you can give me a check and then I'd be happy. You know, that kind of thing is supposed to be investing my own money in the books. Um, but, uh, that's, you know, and, and one thing that we didn't touch upon, but as long as you're talking about, you know, how to get in touch with me, I'm also, a, um, a, an artist, I'm a painter. I have, uh, you know, you guys can see in the background a bunch of the paintings that I've done. Um, Stephen Booth, Stephen with a V, StephenBoothArt.com. You can see a bunch of the stuff that I've been doing. Wow, fantastic. Of course, we'll have all of that up on the website and our social cool. media so people can find you real easily. You know, it's all it's yeah. all what we want to do here. So how how was how was the pandemic and writing over that? Was that do you find that um you know stress? I did a lot of painting. I, I um I, I write when I'm not stressed out and I paint when I'm stressed. So, um, I got, you know, I did complete, um, I think, on, um, one of my novels. I think I, I got all the way through the, the uh, geriatric demon hunter novel during the pandemic. Uh, it does take a long time for me to write. Um, but, uh, uh, I mostly cranked out paintings, um, of, uh, 
what, like I said, my, my, my wife says I paint chicks and jets. I do a lot of figurative art with women and, and airplanes and so on. But, um, yeah, the, 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 the pandemic was good for creativity, not necessarily great for writing. Uh, published a lot of stuff though. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people that way. Some people did really well with it and some people had the opposite, you know, they shut down and, and couldn't write. Mm-hmm. And they weren't, weren't as creative. So, you know, I guess it depends on how attached you are to the um, emotions around you, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I don't, um, I write to entertain myself. I mean, a lot of people write to express their emotions or their, you know, their, their stresses or whatever. I, 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 I don't watch TV. Okay. So, um, which I know a lot of people find to be anathema because it's like, where am I supposed to get my ideas from? I have plenty of ideas. Um, I read a lot and I, uh, I, I, I don't watch TV except for when my wife insists and then we'll watch, you know, like whose line is it anyway or whatever. Um, but, uh, um, for the most part, um, I write and I paint and I do my job and that's my evenings. Uh, pretty much every evening I'm doing one of those three things or I'm hanging out with my cats. I, I, I didn't mention this before. I do have eight cats. Yes, we have a full eight and they, they will happily sit on me the moment I slow down long enough for them to do that. So. Wow. Cat lover. Yeah. No cat dad. Absolutely. Um, actually on, on one of my, uh, on my Instagram, uh, account, Stephen Booth writer, uh, I, I, uh, I do post some, uh, some videos of the cats licking my hair and sitting on me and stuff like that. My, the, my other social media, I don't do that a lot, but for that particular one I do. So it's like pornography. It, it is. It's, it's cat lover pornography. There's a lot of that actually. Uh, I have a magnet on my, on my refrigerator that says, I want to wake up tomorrow to no news zero just cat videos and i I totally relate to that so i could you know um well how do you get anything done with all those cats i have one cat and i Um, have a hard time doing anything uh it's actually uh as hard as you think it is um you know if i hadn't locked all the cats out except for a princess princess is right next to me she's asleep uh you know um I do have a couple of cats that have adopted me and they want to be in my arms at all times. And it makes it difficult for me to type one handed. Um, for the most part, I, I, uh, either ignore them or I lock them out. Um, which doesn't make anybody, including my wife happy. Uh, she would prefer <laughs> that I pay more attention to them than my books. So, um, but she's very supportive. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Hey, so what, let's talk about your inspiration. Like when you're at home, Mm-hmm. Um, and say so you don't watch TV really. Um, so what, where do you gather in, inspiration? Like if you're, you know, maybe you have a writer's block or maybe you don't have that, but if just, where does it come from the initiative? Like, do you have any sort of music or other writers? Um, I, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm ADD. So I listen to music a hundred percent of the time. I mean, that's all I do. I have, I have two sets of wireless headphones in different parts of the house. And I just listen to music hundred percent of the time um, when I'm not, even when I'm reading, actually uh, I have a, um, a couple of authors that I really, really admire um, who I will happily shout out to, but um, you know, their, their books, I, I will admit they wrote the books that I loved probably 25 years ago. Uh, there's David Gerald, uh, the the guy who, who created the tribbles for Star Trek. He's, He's probably my top favorite author. I get a lot of inspiration from, for ideas from him. Um, Steven Saylor, who does the Roma Sub Rosa novels. I mean, if you want great PI in Rome Republic and Rome Empire novels, Steven Saylor has the best ones. Yeah, I know him. I've uh, had him on the show, too. Oh, you have? Oh, you're automatically my new best friend. I, I mean, I've, I've had two conversations with him, and I was, I'm... That's the thing about being in this business. I, um, I lived in Los Angeles for a long time, and actors are lovely. You know, good, hey, you're on TV or you're on a movie. That's great. Authors are like my thing, okay? I, you know, so, it, it, Dave, it's, it's actually an honor to meet you, you know, to, to actually talk to you for more than five minutes because I've known about your work for a long time, and, and you're certainly somebody that I've been wanting to talk to for a while. Um, well, don't you. let that go to your head. No. <laughs> um, but um, the other guy I want to shout out to is, is uh, Stephen Bruce. 
Uh, he writes PI novels in fantasy, you know, universes. I like cross genre PI novels, which is how I wound up writing a lot of the stuff that I write. Um, the uh, continuity is a, actually a mystery novel, so wow. there you go. But, uh, yeah, um, so, you know, and then I read about science and I read about, you know, I, I particularly like reading, um, uh, biographies of scientists and, 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 and deep, uh, you know, stories about like, where did the, uh, Archaeopteryx come from and, you know, why, why do whales have fingers and things like that? Um, so, you know, as far as, you know, other than that, it just, I'll start noodling and throw some ideas together and, and then a story will evolve and I'll hook onto it and start writing it, you know. Where does the true crime come from for you? But uh, it doesn't sound like you're, you're, you have true crime people that you're totally following or reading. So where, where does that come no, from? No, um, the true crime from, comes from my wife. Um, I talked about Al Carlisle for a minute. In, 2000, I, uh, in 2012, I was at World Horror in I think it was either Provo or Salt Lake City. And um, the showrunner, her father is Al Carlisle. And so he was hawking a book on Ted Bundy while I was there. I was doing my zombie stuff, and I'm wandering around, and there's my wife. She came with me. She comes up to the table. She comes back to me. She pulls on my arm. She says, Stephen, we're publishing a book. I said, we're doing what? She says, yeah, uh, this uh, this guy wrote a book about Ted Bundy, and we're publishing it. And I said, you've been talking to him for three minutes. How is it that we're publishing this book? Nope, nope, that's it. We're done. She's the true crime junkie in the house. Um, and uh, if I hadn't met that, you know, uh, Dr. Carlisle and a couple of the other people that I've worked with, uh, I probably wouldn't be conversant in, you know, Keith Jesperson and, you know, Arthur Gary Bishop and Ted Bundy and stuff like that. But uh, I actually, for through a circumstances that I would have preferred not have happened, I was actually on the Happy Face um, podcast. You probably couldn't recognize my voice because I sound like I'm in an aquarium, but uh, Dr. Carlisle um, was supposed to be interviewed uh, for on the, the Happy Face, which is about Keith Jesperson, it's his daughter, um, doing the podcast. And he passed away two days before he was going to be interviewed. So they scrambled and they were looking for somebody who could channel him, you know, for lack of a better way of phrasing it. And so I did some research. I'd already been doing some research on Keith Jesperson at that point. And so I, I, I had the opportunity to be a, a true crime expert for two episodes on Happy Face. And, you know, like I said, if you listen to the think it's the second or third episode, and there's a guy who sounds like he's in an aquarium. That's me. Even though I was on a landline, the, the signal was terrible. And I just, I'd sound like, well, I, I, I sound like I'm in a cave. So it's all right. Never listen to true crime podcasts. No. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So true crime, I kind of came out sideways. The same thing with the music. You know, I mean, somebody went, "Hey, don't you want to publish this book?" And I went, "Okay." And then I had to learn everything about the the industry. So yeah. Well, you're an interesting guy. So thank you, the man, the man. The time is up, and we're we're glad you came on the show. Now, of course, we're talking with author and publisher and. Part-time dancer, Mr. Stephen Booth. Thank you for being on the show. <laughs> My pleasure. It was it was really a lot of fun to talk to you guys, and and uh, I appreciate you being interested in my uh, version of insanity. So, thanks, Stephen. You've been listening to the House of Mystery Radio Show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www houseofmystery.com Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This is Peter Production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.